The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello, everyone. Hello there, Mitch. The Phoenix Suns absolutely handled the Denver Nuggets in the first two games of the series, outscoring them by a combined 42 points. The entire roster, top to bottom, has been delivering, and the Suns look to make quick work of this series. We'll break down games one and two, and then take a look forward at our next two games in Denver. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Shout-outs are in order for our bet question. Shout-out to Omar at Midcard at Best on Twitter. We were trying to predict how many three-pointers Jay Crowder would make in game two against the Nuggets. Omar said three, which was right on the dot. So congratulations to you, Omar. Go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter. And between the two of us, I said three as well. I was right on the dot. So I am now up 3-1 in the uh, bat question series for the playoffs. Do they make kegs of Natty Ice? (laughs) I will find out. Yeah, just give me a keg at this point. (laughs) There's still plenty of basketball to go. (laughs) oh no okay game one let's just get right into it 122 to 105 a nice win to start the series in a game where we get to see four four sons score over 20 points we have bridges with 23 booker and paul with 21 and ayton with 20 and what I, i can't think of a better way to start off a series like this seeing all of our guys get going I mean, this was the best start you could ask for. And going in, I know we felt pretty good about this. I didn't feel this good. And game one, you know, it's kind of up and down. The Nuggets are up by five, six, seven, maybe even up to 10 or 12 points. And then middle of the third quarter, we take the lead. Go up big, never look back. I was thinking it would be more like the first two quarters where we keep it close, trade back and forth a little bit, but ultimately win. No, I mean, we're just like blowing them out of the water now. Yeah, that's how this one ended up. But if you look at the starts of each of the first three quarters in this game, the Nuggets got out to pretty hot runs, you know, 12-2, 10-2, runs about like that. But then the fact that we're just able to withstand that and due to our stellar defense that we're playing now in this series as well as the Lakers series, I mean, we have so many things that we can fall back on. We got guys scoring. We got guys defending. Everyone's doing their part. And it's, man, it's magical. Yeah. And I think that's really the big difference here is that offense. 
because we played such great defense against the Lakers. And, you know, we won those games 193 or whatever, really low scoring. But the offense is really clicking now. So we're getting the best of both sides of the ball. Yeah, we shoot 54% from the floor in this one. And then, you know, we get four guys scoring over 20, but the balance in shots in this one is just pretty amazing. Bridges shoots 12, 8 for 12. Crowder goes 5 for 13. Aiton goes 9 for 13. Booker goes 8 for 12. Paul goes 8 for 14. So that's about as balanced as you can get your starting lineup, all contributing scoring like that. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's as balanced as you can get. The plus-minus looks great for the starters. Booker did have five turnovers. I saw some people saying, like, Booker played a bad game. No, Booker did not play bad. He had a good game. He made some mistakes. And, sure, he can play better, definitely. But 21 points and eight assists on eight for 12 shooting is by no means bad. No, that that's so efficient. And we don't see a ton of Booker games like this. Normally the volume's up a little higher. But, I mean, eight for 12, not having to force a thing, and your team handles the other one. I mean... That, that's what's so nice about having Booker in the back pocket, I guess you can say, because in both of these games, he hasn't had to do anything too special. You know, he hasn't had to score 30 for us to win a game yet. Right. Well, Denver just can't figure out how to guard us, really. Between our devastating pick and roll and Booker being Booker and uh, Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder hitting threes, we're very, very difficult to stop. Oh, yeah. The the pick and roll, Zach Lowe did a little piece on that. That was pretty fun to check out. And just seeing all of the movement that's not even the screen and roll itself, but what's going on in the backside, uh, off the ball, watching how Aiton draws people into the lane when Jokic has to step up which obviously leaves a guy wide open for three. We've seen Jay knock those down. Mikhail can, you know, sit in that corner and hit threes. And he's been hitting them this series four for eight in this first game. Bridges doing this is something that not many of us really expected, not to this extent, scoring like this. Well, some of us expected this. You you expected (laughs) it. That's that's very true, but... Seeing him go above and beyond his regular season yes. averages yes. coming up in, in the playoffs, it's it's perfect. And we haven't even really touched on Aiton yet. Right. His well, timing, impeccable this yeah. playoffs. Oh, my gosh, yes. And I want to talk about Jokic first because Jokic was not bad. He, he had 22 points on 10 for 23 shooting. So – not super efficient, but like you can live with that. Nine rebounds, three assists. Uh, he did have four turnovers and was a minus 13. But I think all of that is just, I mean, that's eight and bothered him so much and forced him into these awkward, like fadeaway kind of shots. He did hit a couple, but you know, that's not his natural inclination. He doesn't really like doing that. But the best part of all of this is Jokic didn't score in the last minute of the third quarter or any of the fourth quarter in this game. Wow. Yeah, right? That's pretty amazing. And I'm trying to remember how much he played towards the end of the game, but 
36 minutes. I mean, you got to. Yeah. That, that's just stellar defense. And like last ap- episode, we said Aiton did a pretty solid job trying to contain Aiton or Jokic throughout the regular season. And it, it stuck through here. And it's so nice that we have this guy, Aiton, who we can put on the MVP and we don't have to come instantly double. We can, uh, you know, we can still help out enough to still be able to get out to those shooters. But I mean, at this rate, with how the Nuggets are shooting, that's not going to even be that big of a deal. They can't buy a bucket from three. Right. So right. When, when that's not going and Aiton is doing a solid job, just man on man defense on Jokic, this team can go. We can get through the series pretty quick if the next two games look anything like these first two. Right. And I think we've been playing really smart basketball. It, it It's apparent that we've watched tape. Um, I watch Jokic pump fake, and it gets me every single time because he doesn't jump when he shoots very much. Right. So his pump fakes really look like he's shooting. And I haven't seen one of our defenders bite a single time. They know exactly what they're looking for on those. That's very true. I mean, if I were Aiton, I'd want to jump up and swat one of those three-point attempts into the stands. But he's been doing an excellent job staying, staying safe, staying down. Uh, he's, he's, uh, I've seen him pop up on a couple of them, but he never sells out for a block. And he's right. obviously quick enough to be able to stay in front of Jokic after that fake. So it's all good. Uh, just right. a big shout out to Aiden. This has been a fantastic two games and play first playoffs for him. Yes, and then on offense, twenty points, ten rebounds, nine for thirteen shooting, like you said, one steal, and one personal foul, which is awesome. The refs are letting them play. Like yeah, this has been getting kind of physical, and I think it's what we expected from the playoffs. We were playing Laker ball for so long where there's just whistle after whistle after whistle. And now this feels a lot more like playoff basketball, which I think really benefits us. Uh, but yeah, Aiden, Aiden and Jokic essentially canceled each other out, like box score wise. And when you do that, the Suns are going to win every game. Yep, that's all we're asking for, especially without Murray on the floor for those guys. If we if we contain Jokic, it's very likely a win for the Suns, and that's what we saw in Game 1 and Game 2. Let's move on to Game 2. And another another spanking, 123-98. to And in the last game, we had four Suns over 20 points. This game, we don't have any guys score over 20, <laughs> but we have six guys in double figures, and yet we put up 123 and win by 25. This, this is a... This is a spanking. I'll ju- I'm just going to call it that. It was a spanking, and we're not used to seeing the Suns team do that this often. Looking back at the regular season, games were tight. A lot of games were pretty close and down to the wire, but this is such a change, and it can't. I, I say this after every statement I make. It can't come at a better time because this is just its amazing. I mean, I'm like laughing. It's like hilarious look at this box score it's like you can't help but just smile at it 8 and 15 Booker 18 Bridges 16 Crowder 11 Chris Paul 17 Chris Paul with 
a, a vintage Chris Paul playoff game. 17 points, 15 assists, five rebounds, no turnovers. They were showing that stat that was like the last time a player had 15 or more assists and zero rebounds in a playoff game was 2014. And it was Chris Paul. Like he's like tying his own records basically. And man, it's just like, it's so cool. And they're having fun out there. You know, we heard so much of that about, uh Oh, the Lakers are having fun. That's a bad sign. It's like, no, no, the Suns are having fun. And that is a really bad sign. Yeah. And yeah, it's we're having fun, but we're not rubbing it in the other team's face. And yes, yes. our fans are doing the job for them. That's you right. know the fans are letting the Nuggets know what they think. I mean, we're doing the wave. It makes a few laps around the arena. We're chanting "Suns in four. <laughs> the kid trying to rip his shirt off <laughs> and then actually pulls it off and just goes nuts, and the crowd goes yeah. wild. Yeah, and then. The guys on the bench are even talking about it during the game, how insane it is. This is it's madness, man. It's the best. We were at we were at a couple Lakers games and it was loud and rowdy in there. But from everything I've been seeing otherwise, these Nuggets games have been even crazier while right. we're just, you know, giving them the spankings. Yes. And like obviously I wanna win in four. But I'm like kind of secretly hoping we lose one in Denver because I want to try to go to game five. <laughs> I See, I've been having that back and forth in my head, but I'll be honest right now. I'm saving my money for the conference finals or the finals finals. I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, this is great. And another thing that I kind of want to point out in this is. Jay Crowder and Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon has been so bad. I feel for him. Like, just a difficult situation for his career. Anyway, Jay Crowder and Aaron Gordon get in this kind of shoving match, and it gets broken up pretty quickly. But I love that that's how that went down. Because if that were the Lakers or LeBron or something, There'd be guys rolling on the ground, acting, flopping everywhere, refs having to review it, and instead these guys shove a little bit, get broken up. They didn't even look at a replay. Like, that's playoff basketball. Right. That's what's going to happen. It's two teams going up against each other multiple times in a row. Tempers are going to flare a little bit. I kind of liked that little scuffle. Oh, I 100% like it. And I'll stand up for Aaron Gordon on that little session right there any day of the week because you're getting smacked it's not fun you don't want to get clowned on so you're going to do a little something to try to try to rile up the team you got to get the guys going somehow and we also heard how after game one him and jamichael green in the locker room uh telling everybody that 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 wasn't good enough that's not enough effort trying to get him riled up but then if you're aaron gordon you can't go drop six points in this game, you got to do more than that. But I mean, that that wasn't a terrible dust up that those two had. Uh, I I can get over that real fast. But the one thing I will say is, Jay Crowder probably the last guy on the Suns that I'd want to start that with. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But really. oh, and then the the cherry on top, right after that, Crowder the vet knows that Gordon's all riled up. And then he sets up and takes a charge on the very next possession, yep, and it's going right. the other that's way. Right. 
just that's a chef's kiss right there. Yes, that's that's a very Chris Paul move right there. Oh, uh, and oh, and that's another thing. Chris Paul, he's making threes now. He is looking good. That shoulder is looking nice and healthy, and hit a couple threes over the last couple games, and that's been such a relief to see. Yep, he looks like he's coming back into full form for sure. And uh, I mean, he couldn't even dribble after those after the injury initially happened, and then now he's pretty much uh, making guys spin full three sixties while trying to stay in front of him. And oh man. Uh, the Millsap, when he got Millsap, <laughs> and then Tory Craig with the beautiful cut and finish. And then, again, you hear the crowd go absolutely nuts. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're getting hyped up for great basketball, great teamwork. And the, the team just does everything right, and it's apparent when you're winning playoff games by 25. Yeah, it's so nice to get to see Frank and Jalen Smith and all those guys come in with five minutes left in the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, how cool would it be to see those guys play every single playoff game in this series? They yeah. they, have, they they got their uh, garbage minutes in both. But um, Dario Saric, we got to bring him up in this one. Yes. He came up clutch. He hit a couple threes just playing such smart basketball. Eight points, and he's plus 15 in his 16 minutes on the court. and. Yeah. We were waiting for this. We we saw him struggle. We knew there wasn't a good matchup for him in that entire Lakers series. But we said, hey, maybe maybe that's a good matchup when Millsap comes on the floor. That's exactly what has been going down. But Aiton in this one gets two personal fouls in the first few minutes of the games. And guess what? It's Dario after that. It's Dario on Jokic. And... Dario made some great defensive plays, just positioning-wise, uh, making him force and tough shots on Jokic. Yeah, it's it's more than we could ever ask for. I, I'm speechless, man. If Dario's doing that and the and Chris feeds him with a no-look pass, one-handed <laughs> dunk, when Dario's dunking, it's just something else. It's yes. It's something else. And then Frank comes in, hits a three, you know, we get those two guys going, it's it's a good time. Yeah, it's just such a joy to watch. And, man, I I feel like we, we should say something about the Nuggets here with Michael Porter Jr. He he injured his back in that game one. Yeah. Uh, he, I saw he was questionable throughout the, the day off coming into the game. He ends up playing, but he's ice cold in this one, three for 13 from the floor, just can't really get anything going. And then on the defensive end, Chris Paul is calling his name. Mikhail, come give me a screen. I want Michael Porter Jr. guarding me. I'm going to hit a yeah. jumper in his face. And we, we saw that happen three or four times right. in this game. We're right. just picking on him. And I feel like uh, the Nuggets are going to have to make some sort of changes heading into this game three. But we'll get into that in a second. But last week, we gave four keys to beat the Nuggets. And we just want to go over those. and. Potentially gloat a little bit. <laughs> yeah, number one, number one was slow down Jokic, and that is absolutely happening. Aiton is matching his performance. Some say you, you could say he's even outplaying him in the big scheme of things. So that's obviously uh, the biggest factor here. Number two, abuse the guard matchups. 
Chris Paul and Devin Booker are they're getting their way. Compazzo can't can't guard anybody. Uh, <laughs> Austin Rivers can't. Either. If Rivers is on Booker, you can just write in two points, mm-hmm. and then they're obviously throwing everybody they can at Booker to slow him down. But as we said earlier, we don't even need that right now. So they're in a world of hurt. Number three was take advantage of our solid defense. That kind of goes in with what Aiton's doing with Jokic. Our, our defense is playing great. The rotations are there. The pressure's there. I mean, they can't they can't get anything going aside from Jokic catching the ball in the post and putting up a tough shot over Aiton. That's that's their best offense so far. Right. Yep. And then number four, get off to hot starts and win at home. Take advantage of the home court advantage. 100% right there, too. So we're batting 100 on our four four keys to beating the Nuggets, and it, it really showed in these games, and it was kind of kind of fun to see it all come to life there. Yeah, and I just think it's cool because when, when you do keys to a game or series, it's usually very ideal. You know, you don't expect all of those things to actually happen. It's like, yeah, if we could do two of these, that would be great. But we're doing all of these things very well. Right. It's been fantastic. And let's think about games three and game four. Uh, heading to Denver, we talk about it. it's not fun playing in Denver in that elevation. Guys get worn out a lot quicker. So that's something that we'll have to prepare for, obviously. But the Nuggets have to make some changes. I, I want to start with them because we're yeah. we're literally doing everything right. What are the Nuggets going to have to do to keep up with us now? I really don't know. They're in such a difficult position. Um, I don't know, give Jokic the ball even more. Just pound it to him in the paint every single possession. Um, it's, it's really tough to say. I think if anything, they may need to, to stray away from the three-pointer since they've been so cold. Um, I guess that's one train of thought. The other train of thought is keep shooting them because eventually they will start to fall, just statistically speaking. Um, I mean, I think they're they're probably going to have to play some live and die by the three kind of basketball to have a chance at winning these games. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And if you look at the free throw numbers, they, they only shot six in game one. Yeah. But then in game two, they got to the line 20 times and – that's something you just – I think you got to preach that. Make the refs call fouls. Actually get into the lane. And we've said the same thing about the Suns during the regular season when we started relying on the three way too much. And we're like, hey, is everybody just allergic of the paint? Can, can right. we not give a shot? Right. So I think they got to do that. And they're big and athletic, man. Aaron Gordon, every time he had Booker on him, he just bowled him down straight oh, to the yeah. rim. Oh, yeah. And then he, he uh, only three for seven in this game. But that's something that was working. It worked pretty decently in game one. I mean, maybe it's not Gordon every time, but I, I'd worry about getting into the lane a little bit more. And, I mean, is Will Barton ready to play more minutes? Because yeah. they could sure use him. They could. And, yeah, he clearly is easing his way back in. Uh, right now, but yeah, he would help them a lot. And yeah, I think they can maybe take advantage of some of that athleticism between Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon, 
try to use that a little bit more and then just keep feeding Jokic in the paint. And I mean, he's such a great passer that if they did a little bit more off the ball movement, cutting and everything like that, Jokic will find them. Um, the other thing I'm kind of thinking is their home court advantage is going to be interesting. So right before we started recording here on Thursday night, the Avalanche lost to the Golden Knights. So they lost that series 4-2, which is really heartbreaking. Um, the Avalanche have been really great for a few years now, and they keep losing in the second round of the playoffs. And I'm actually an Avalanche fan. I like a lot of Denver sports aside from basketball, obviously. Um, and I think their fans are, you know, they're going to be rooting really hard for the Nuggets. They don't want to see another local team lose in the second round, like the Avs have been doing for so long and like the Nuggets have done in the past. So I think their fans are going to be really fired up. And I heard that Jokic might be receiving the MVP trophy I before think this in game. game three. Yeah. So that that'll give everyone something to get excited about before the game. And yeah, I don't see the you know you can't be too discouraged going into a game like that. So I I bet that their their crowd's going to be pretty hyped up for them. And I mean they need every little boost they can get. Down being down two zero, that's that's tough sledding from then on. So right. Right. And you know what? I hope their crowd's booming. I mean, look what yeah. we've been doing. You know it has an effect on the game to some point. I mean, I, I think uh, it's only fair at that point. Yes, yes. Well, and I mean, for the sake of the, the, the city, too. I mean, look at what this has done to Phoenix. The city is booming right now. Yeah. And you want the same for Denver. You want the same for all these cities, you know, after everything we've been through over the last year and a half. It's nice to see things thriving and and the economy starting to boom again and all of that. You know, it's, it is nice. And sports have a lot to do with that. They drive a lot of that revenue for, for cities. Are they going to be at full capacity? Yes. They okay. were at full capacity for the Avalanche playoff series. Hmm. So... Yeah, they they will be, and though I mean Nuggets fans are usually pretty cool. I've never really had any qualms with Nuggets fans. They've been through a lot. I mean, I look at them kind of like us. You know, they have some legends, Alex English and Dikembe Mutombo, and guys like that. Um, Carmelo, you know, they had the ugly situation with Carmelo leaving and everything like that. We, we've had, there are some similarities between our two franchises. Yeah, totally. And I know just the, the online presence, the back and forth between fans has just been very respectful compared, yes. compared yes. to last round. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Laker fans are. Uh. I didn't know that Nuggets fans disliked the Lakers as much as we do, but. Oh yeah. Oh that's, yeah. That's a fact. Yes. They, they, <laughs> They don't like them, definitely. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's also cool because, like, as a Broncos fan, too, it's it's kind of a joke that, like, in Denver, no one cares about any sports except the Broncos, even when the Broncos are terrible. But, like, I think the support for the Nuggets is growing. I know it has grown a lot for the Avs. The Rockies aren't very good, but um, they're okay. Um but the, the support for the Nuggets has grown, definitely, especially as Jokic is the MVP and they've been playing well for the last few years. Jamal Murray, 
um, all of that. So I think this will be a really great uh, experience for their city too, like it has been for us here in Phoenix. And realistically going into this for us, we only need to win one of these and we'll still be in great shape. I'm kind of thinking we're going to win both though. Man, I hope we do. I, I hope we keep it short and sweet, but yeah. Let's let's go to our back question for a second here. Mikhail Bridges has been playing really well and scoring a lot better than in the Lakers series for sure. So we're looking at game four here. It's going to be Sunday. Um, how many points is Mikhail Bridges going to score in game four? I'm going to go 19. That's kind of in the middle of his first two games, and I'm really hoping he keeps this uh, hot shooting streak going. So, yeah, let's hope that carries through two games so it's still there for game four. Okay. Hmm. This puts me in an interesting position. So my initial thought was it's in Denver. Let's pick 18. Peyton Manning, Frank Tripuka, the, the first Broncos quarterback. Oh, wow. But I think he may go for more than 19. But with how balanced everything has been for us lately, I'm going to go 18. I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to say 18. Uh, (laughs) I know. One less, one fewer again, huh, Mitchell? How did that work out this week? So we're going to try it again. Okay, 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 okay. I'm trying to avoid the NASCAR teeny. <laughs> <laughs> but if you would like to avoid drinking a NASCAR teeny, tweet at us at Sunny and PHX Pod and let us know how many points you think Mikhail Bridges will score in game four on Sunday. And whoever is closest will not have to drink a NASCAR teeny and will get a shout out on the next show. <laughs> All right. Well, and with that, let's go to our non sports section. So we talked earlier about how uh, the economy is doing, how things are happening. The city is really alive uh, with, with the COVID vaccine being, you know, the effects really being seen. But what, what are you going to continue doing at home post-COVID? Ooh. Okay, I'm going to tell you the one I want to get away from and then the one I will probably okay. keep doing. The one okay. I want to get away from is ordering groceries Ooh. online because you, you never know what you're going to get. And then if they do a replacement and then you don't nix it fast enough, you might get something that you don't want. It, it's it's not the best. And I, I kind of miss going to the grocery store, to be 100% honest. But in a similar vein, though, on the flip side, I really like ordering meals. I've tried so many different random new places because of it you know i don't know i'm not a huge restaurant guy i like going out every once in a while but i think i've been a little more ambitious with my uh with the variety since we've been doing that and i don't mind that but i i do want to start going back to restaurants a little more but then you know once in a while the meal delivery it's pretty legit i i really like it yeah yeah, that is nice. A lot of restaurants really perfected that uh, over this time. Um, I was just kind of thinking about this because my wife and I watched the new Conjuring movie on HBO Max just because we have that. And 
it came out in theaters and on HBO Max right away. So we just watched it. We didn't have to go. We're already paying for the subscription. So we're like, why why go? I mean, it's fun to go to a movie theater every once in a while. But yeah, it was kind of nice. So I guess that's what I'm going to go with. I think just the option for new movies to come out on these streaming services, that is kind of nice. Especially as someone who falls asleep very easily. Ooh. It's always kind of annoying to like go see something new that I really want to see and then just like fall asleep when I've paid all this money and you know you get all your drink and snacks and it's all expensive and then I fall asleep and if I really <laughs> want to see a new movie I basically have to see it twice and then time where I'm going to sleep in the second one. So <laughs> it's nice to have the option of watching at home right away cuz Oh, I got to get up and pause and get my popcorn out of the microwave. Or, oh, I fell asleep. Let's finish it tomorrow. Whatever. That's kind of nice to do with new movies. So I think I'll go with that. That's interesting. It, the first thing I thought about was, like, recently or back in the day, the big deal was the the box office numbers. You know, how much it brought in in the first week or whatever. I wonder, I wonder how much HBO Max pays for a you know, like a full budget movie like that to go on their service. And then compared to, you know, how much they actually get from a ticket at a movie theater sale. I wonder how that goes, but yeah, I do. It it can't be like every single movie will be doing that now. Right. I don't think so. I can't imagine that. And I know like, like for this one that we watched, I think it's like you had to watch it before July 1st or something like that. So gotcha. Uh, that I kind of get, you know, they say, okay, thanks for being a subscriber. You've got a month to watch this. And if you don't, then you'll have to go to the theater. Something like that. Hmm. So I I don't know. It's cool that they're testing it out and yeah, we'll see how long it sticks around. For sure. All right. That wraps things up. Two more games against the Nuggets in Denver. I'm going to get my broom out. I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling pretty good about a sweep. Check us out on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod. That's Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you in a few more days with a new episode. Go, Suns.